Hey everybody and welcome back to In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. Today we're discussing episode 14 of Star Trek Lower Decks, or if you want to call it season 2, episode 4, Maguto Gamuto. Mugato Gamuto. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> actually... Many ways to pronounce many it. Ways to pronounce it yes. uh, I am one of your hosts. And I am the other of your hosts. I don't think we need to identify ourselves at this point. So let's get into this. So you used a great word before you began recording. So I want you to repeat what you just said to me. That I'm going to be cantankerous in talking about this? <laughs> I just, it was the way you said it. You're like, I have a cantankerous take on this episode. Yeah. Well, I, I just think I might be cantankerous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go hard on it. No. I, there were a lot of things I didn't like. So All right. Well, that's, that's what, and that's what we're here to discuss. Excellent. So let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like last week, I love that the show is switching up the dynamics. This week, we got to see Boimler and Rutherford do some fun stuff together, and their their relationship is really a joy to watch. As well, they're just like really, really good buddies, and I and I liked what I was seeing. I'll so, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So, what I didn't like is so the show. It, granted, it's a humor, it's a comedy. Yeah. But my my big picture is that it's it's breaking reality too much for me right now, and maybe I just have to adjust to that. Yeah. But <clears throat> it sort of makes most of the if it's going to be that kind of comedy, then I think mm-hmm. I don't have that much to say about it anymore because it's just going to be a silly, funny comedy where there are no stakes and nothing matters and nothing's real. And that's okay, but it yeah. has let, sort of led us to, to think it's something else. Is that you, and because of that, is that you not taking maybe taking the show as seriously anymore? Yes. Let's get into your uh, analysis because I want to get into your cantankerous <laughs> analysis. I'm going, to, I'm going to be saying that word a lot now. I'm going to you know look for opportunities to use that word. It's a fun word. It's a fun word to say. It, it is. It is a cantankerous. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I okay. Well, firstly, I, for me, it starts right with a cold open. Yep. And. Firstly, though, I just, you know, you're generally the continuity person. Yep. And why were those uniforms so familiar that they were in to play the sports? They reminded me of the security uniforms from the motion picture. No, they're from the, um, so you see those in the, in a next gen episode called the Icarus Factor, which is, I had to look that one up because that's a season two episode and I don't tend to revisit that season. I don't tend to revisit the seasons of TNG before they had the college uniforms. So, um, yeah, that's the second season episode. I thought it was funny enough. I, I It was funny that they had practiced and thought they were going to get the upper hand and finally this let Mariner let loose. But the thing that really didn't work is that I don't believe that under any circumstance Mariner would stab Rutherford through the hand with her, yeah. Yeah. with a broken, you know, uh, stick. Um... It just, 
<laughs> it just yeah. broke the reality it makes a me, little bit too far. It for makes me. me it makes me wonder like are people more willing to do that because injuries like that are easier to fix at that point in the in time? <laughs> yeah. They can yeah. just rub a, they can just run a light over it and it's fine. Perhaps. Um I really did enjoy Bormler throwing up. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um I didn't yeah, really so have any issues with it, but that. Yeah. yeah. That was my issue. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. I, 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 it's not. I wouldn't say that that was one of my favorite of the cold opens. My favorite cold open is still the very first episode of the show. But did honestly, you see? Did, did you stop or like think for a minute when she stabbed him through the hand? Did, did it cross your mind? Like, I don't. That doesn't seem like. I definitely thought that that maybe was like a little. I definitely thought that was like maybe a little much, but. When, but that wasn't something that like when you but when you say that to me, I can understand. It wasn't something that really I thought about at the time. I'm sorry to say, but I, I see what you mean. I definitely, absolutely see what you mean. All right, all right. Yeah. So then I guess I'm not that cantankerous. <laughs> oh, was that the was that? Oh no no no! There's more. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so. Between the two plots of the episode, so we have a plot involving the three of them, Mariner, Boimler, and Rutherford, then we have Tendi's plot on her own. So starting with the Mariner, Boimler, and Rutherford plot, so the idea behind this is that there, the show opens with Boimler and Rutherford in the bar playing a game, which if they said the name of it, it escapes me. And Dip- they, I think they just called it a diplomat game. It was like a diplomatic game, yeah. And so we learn as they go to get refills on their drinks that the bartender is trying to tell them that Mariner is black ops. And she's sitting over there in the corner, like, you know, playing with a knife. And it kind of plays into, I guess, somewhat into the cold opening, I guess, the way she was sort of like able to kick their asses because they do question her martial arts later in the episode. I think Honus might be a new bartender. Could be a new bartender, yeah. And so, and I, yeah. who I hope we see more of, because yeah. us being from New England and getting this kind of Maine, New England, old timey yeah. accent yeah, yeah. is just not an accent we've ever heard on Star Trek, to, right. to my knowledge. Right. I really thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, a lot in this. I, I thought the diplomat game was also hilarious i did enjoy that yeah because you have to assume that with all the diplomatic stuff going on at that time there would probably be some kind of a board game like that right and it was yeah. sort of as bo- more boring than um yeah that than monopoly i would never want to play Pic- i would never want to play picard in that board game yeah Brad, oh my god he would destroy everybody <laughs> if both sides are equally unsatisfied then yes. uh, we have a good deal which is funny because you know that is one of the tenets of diplomacy is yeah. like you got to walk away from a deal with both people but it's just hilarious you would turn that into a game and that they would be so excited about yeah. coming to a mutually disappointing yeah. agreement uh, yeah. it was humor at its finest yeah but i enjoyed that honus very casually called them the softest guys on the ship yep and they yeah. didn't really bat an eye at it yeah, I, I don't. The thing is, like, I this this, I again, you know, the plot wasn't just about Mariner being is she black ops? Is she not black ops? And I don't know if the show wants me to think about is she or isn't she. It wouldn't. And on the one hand, if she was, it wouldn't surprise me. But I wouldn't think I would view her as kind of a threat. That's not the thrust of this plot, really. No, I mean, it's because, more of a sitcom. It's more of a sitcom type. Yeah. Of a plot yeah. where 
you someone thinks something about someone that we all kind of know isn't true, but right. hilarity ensues. And it's like there's always those like it was like that Three's Company almost like Frasier type of humor where like there was like a misunderstanding that almost confirms their fear because even though the bartender plants that seed. Yes, and then every bit that they see, the evidence stacks Exactly. Up. Like, they're looking at her file. They're seeing her background. They chuck a tricorder at her, and she catches it with one hand, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, everything they do, everything seems to point to, like, her being black ops. But, like, even if she was actually black ops, okay. I mean, mm -hmm. she's been everywhere already, so why not, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, there was a much about this that I didn't get for the yeah. storyline. I did really like when they, once again, and I think they did this recently with people coming back to life. Yeah. Where they quickly run through all the precedents of this happening. Yep. Yep. And they said, uh, as if Starfleet would hide a black ops agent on a ship. And then they go through all the times that it's happened, which I think is hilarious because, again, it's. Yeah. I like when I mean, they it happened on. Yep. Track reality and realize there's nothing really novel. These things have all happened before. Um, right. But what I don't get is they just there's a number of times where like maybe we'll have to we're gonna have to turn her in and all mm. this like if she's a Starfleet black ops she's still Starfleet. Right. Why like, what is she doing? Afraid? Exactly. What is she doing? I mean, and to be clear, I mean black ops. The show has already established that they know who Section 31 is. So I don't know if Section 31 is another term for Black Ops or if this is something... Did the, yeah. Rutherford did say it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. He just yelled, Section 31! Because what, it, what ends up happening is Section 31, you know, turning her in, okay, but to your point, it's not a crime to be part of Section 31. No, they're probably going to say, you blew her cover, you idiots. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right, exactly. So Even if you had killed Shaxx, I'm really going ahead, right? Obviously, if she's black ops, that's what she was supposed to do. Right. Right, I mean, Section 31 factored in heavily to the second season of Discovery, and while they were the villains, um, the Admiral, like, wasn't... It wasn't like there was ever a threat to turn them into Admiral Cornwell. I mean, she knew what they were doing, and she was present on their ship multiple times. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to kind of make that out as being a crime when it's really... I think it's just because, like, they seem to pose a threat to our heroes in, in the time that we have seen them. So the show almost wants you to think that if you're part of Black Ops, and that means you're going to be in some kind of, like, villainous role. You're going to be doing something terrible. Or you're just going to kill people that bug you. Right, right. But... But even if, again, you know, I, I go back to even if Mariner was Black Ops, I mean, she's been, she seems to have been stationed in multiple places. She knows a lot of people. It wouldn't surprise me if she was. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So I think that's a big part of why, though, that whole storyline didn't really work for me. Yeah. But the, the, that's just one of the things going on because the main thrust, the main storyline is they have to go down to this planet because um, there have been some Mugatu sightings. And Mugatu being an alien that we've not seen since the original series episode of Private Little War. Yeah. And, and yes, those two aliens we see in the beginning are Denobulans. Okay. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. So are you familiar with Rock Tajino? Yes. It's a Klingon coffee. It's a Klingon beverage. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, that's fun. And they're going to switch to human coffee, but that's too weak. They they switch. They mention Rectogeno several times on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, okay. I'm familiar with Rectogeno. Um, yeah, the Mugatu, it's very fun to see the Mugatu, obviously. Yeah. It seems like one of those aliens they used because they just had a bunch of costumes laying around the studio and they were able to make yes. it cheaply. Yes. Well, that, so I think... I thought I remembered seeing. I could be mixing this up with something else. Maybe it's. I could be mixing it up with another alien on the original series. I am, but to give you an example of that, the alien that we see in the original series episode, "The Devil in the Dark," I think it's that one, is actually a reuse of something that we've seen on the that was seen on the Outer Limits. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, but the idea behind this is that they have got to go down to this planet to investigate, and they these Mugatu sightings. And then we find out that there's a bunch of Ferengi on that planet keeping them in cages. So naturally, Starfleet has to spring into action and um, fix this. All the while, they're still questioning, is Mariner part of Black Ops? So, Right. And I really like that the Ferengi were doing this. Yeah. And For profit, of course. I think it's to, yeah. I think... I don't know how much has been explored the dark side of Ferengi's need for profit. And of course they would exploit animals and they would exploit people and they yeah. would have completely no morals whatsoever about it. Right. Um, right. And I, honestly, the scene where they took the Ferengi's baby away, that was actually like very. The Bugatti's baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was well done. Yeah. And but... I do love a mistreated animal revenge story. Mm hmm. Those are some of my favorites, so that worked really well. So I actually like this storyline a lot. What's what's one of the things that really stuck out to me was that when we see the Ferengi, and Mariner even makes reference to it in dialogue, but the Ferengi kind of they they sort of bring them back to their more like sinister, treacherous ways when we, from when we first saw them on the Next Generation in yeah, the last what are you, outpost. Yeah, pulled out last tribe or something. Last outpost. Yes. Yeah, because that's the name of that next gen episode, Last Outpost. But they've got those, um, they've got those sabers and stuff. So like, and we've not seen those. Enterprise brought them back when we saw the Ferengi, but over time we never really saw those again. We never saw them on, to my to my recollection on Deep Space Nine. When you see how much the Ferengi factored into it, the Ferengi. I think what people sometimes forget is that, and I blame DS9 for this. DS9 made them more of like a, and even Voyager to some extent when we saw them on there, made them a much more like comical type of alien. Um, mm. Next Gen made them very, particularly in the early years, made them very, again, sinister is the word I want to say. Like they were, they were, they were like, they were almost like, um, you know, they were like thieving little, they were like evil little thieves right yeah um and they like they hissed they they were like and they hunched over like they were actually like very um they were threatening and toward the end of next gen and then going into ds9 and pretty much all of ds9 they kind of became much more comical and very um hard to take them seriously right yeah. so i appreciate that the show kind of brought yeah, them back to that haven't you, yeah haven't you heard of quark that's my favorite line. Of course I've heard of Quark. <laughs> yeah. I guess the point was like be more like Quark. Yeah. But what did you think of the whole um So when so after they try to break out the Mugatu, of course all hell breaks loose. So you got Marin you got um Boimler and Rutherford running through the woods and they run into that Steve Irwin type Mugatu 
Hunter, which I which I really liked. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, so uh, he says, I have five books on Mogatu, and they assume he wrote them, but he yes. just owns them. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was well done. Yeah. Uh, one really neat thing about it, I like, we saw a different side of Shax because he said, uh, you know, we're not bringing phasers. It was also very funny because their genitals are sensitive to phaser fire. But, you know, yeah. he was very concerned for the animals. He was yes. a very caring dude in this in this uh, situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this plot was a lot of fun. And... I I think one of my favorite moments is when the two of them are stuck in the in that log while the two Mugatu are, are uh, mating on top of them. And what was really jumping out at me in that moment and even the moments after that, just more from a technical standpoint, but um, the show has really expanded, I think, its animation style. And it really shows in this one. Like, the characters are really... They're doing all different types of animations, new facial expressions, the way the characters walk. They've really taken it a few steps up, um, particularly with this episode. So th that moment really kind of brought that to light for me as I was watching it. But yeah, mm. but my I do really like how this plot resolved because as they're out there, they do run into Mariner. She gets trapped. They try to tell her, like, you know, we think you're black ops, and then she manages to convince them that she's not. And she just says, I, I started that rumor because I didn't really... I just started that rumor with the bartender. Yeah, I wanted to keep the jerks away. Yeah, and then she, of course, gets captured by the Ferengi. Boimler and mm -hmm. Rutherford manage to evade it. And then they have to come up with a way to rescue her mm -hmm. using, as she and says, like, their own superpower. Yeah, Their diplomacy. I absolutely love the way they because they sneak into the base they start putting weapons together and then it turns out to just be like some holographic powerpoint presentation which i don't know if you caught this what mariner what um rutherford is using to display it it looks exactly like the bamboo cannon that kirk made to fight off the gorn in arena it's like exactly the same wow that's yeah. funny yeah that's funny yeah, so, no, I thought that was very good. That was very. This is a very Star Trek. Um, it was an extremely Star Trek resolution because, again, it was through diplomacy. But I love that they showed it didn't end in. You thought it was going to. It was like a cannon because the thing was like charging up, getting ready to fire something. But then it's getting ready to just display mm -hmm. a PowerPoint presentation, essentially. And so yeah. they didn't. What, they don't what choose. Saves the day. A good argument. Oh my God! No, it was perfect. Argument with great evidence. Yeah, and they, they managed to convince the Ferengi, like, well, if you turn this into, like, a, what do they call it? Like a... Mugatu reserve. Reserve. You'll make more money. And, like, you know, they did all the math for them. Like, here's what you make off concessions and merchandise and all that other stuff. And they yeah. kind of get into a huddle and they just say, okay, we think this would be the best thing to do. Yes. Yeah. That was... Uh, I, I really... Yeah, so this whole story, I like the, the story yeah. as far as the mission that they were on a lot. Yeah. And I did think it resolved well. Well, where you... One other part on there is they also say when they're con when they're confronting Mariner, they say like, so "You're not going to eat us." Yeah, that was another one, right? It's like, what well, is going on here? What are your so um, so your cantankerous cantankerous takes on the other story then? It was no, it was all with the the whole Mariner being a black ops. Oh, that's that's and all Mariner chopping his kind of stabbing him through the hand. Her being black yeah. ops and them thinking that she's going to eat them. Right. 
and, and all that. That See, was my main this... issue. And then the other, the story with um, uh, the doctor. Tendi. Tendi. The doctor, yeah. yeah. Found it kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it wasn't the centerpiece of the show, and it didn't really get a whole lot of screen time. But I did get a, I did get a number of laughs with Tendi and the way she was figuring, because the storyline with this one is that there are people who still have not come in for their physical exams. And so she has to get them to do it. But I, I liked her creative ways of getting people's sort of DNA scans. The one that made me laugh the most is when she actually appears in the holodeck and the glider as the two of them are surfing and she scans them and then just takes off. Yeah, so I right. mean, definitely know where they're swimming. They're swimming right. in the holodeck. So... But I did like how it ended because there was there was that one patient who she didn't know the name of and she had to figure out who it was. And it turns out the doctor is the one who didn't get her physical examination. So second week in a row, it's a big cat joke, but it's a cat who doesn't like the vet, even when the cat is actually the vet. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It didn't, didn't land. It didn't land for you? No, I think it's because we just were good. Maybe I felt like we were going back to the same well after last week. Yeah, I mean the show is doing that a lot now. I'm noticing it's it's kind of like doing the same thing two weeks in a row. I mean, as I said last time, we had the reset button, then they decided to do the cat joke two two weeks in a row. So, yeah, I mean it was fun. Like I, I again, you know, I really, and also it's a, it's a similar plot. Like her Tendy's main story story plot, Tendy's main you know story, is doing something for the doctor just as she did last week. So yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. I did really enjoy Stevens uh, trying to hit on the the woman at the bar. Yeah, yeah. I did really. Um, I'm starting, Stevens is starting to become one of my favorite humorous characters. Who just exists for laughs. Right. I think he is my favorite. He's so he's so pathetic. But I think, but there's even sort of a third plot, kind of, with the uh, bridge crew and that um, alien who ends up tricking them to pretend that their ship was destroyed to acquire a shuttle from the Cerritos and all of the captain's personal possessions. Yeah, this was like a Z plot. It was so yeah. tiny. It only had a couple of scenes. And so I almost left it out of this I almost left it out of this episode entirely. I left but, it out of my notes. Did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's out of my notes too in all, in all honesty. But it did have a humorous ending. Yeah, to some it was to work with the Ferengi on the reserve. But, and she found out from her ex-husband. Yeah, but I think with the main she didn't plot, want to be embarrassed, so didn't didn't. Uh, that's why she didn't like register the arrest or whatever they would call it because right. she didn't want to be embarrassed. She just said that she didn't fall for it, so she had to come up with a way to save face, but still yeah. to have some type of uh, repercussions for this person, this alien. I think with the main plot, though, it. The main plot being the Boimler Rutherford Mariner plot, um, it all came full circle in the end. I mean, it was it started out with them on the, you know, in the bar playing that diplomacy board game, but they all it came right back to that at, in the end. And oh yeah, yeah. yeah and then she's messing with the bartender again, trying to tell them that they're Mugatu twins. So right, yeah, yeah. I, it was tight. In that way, yeah, everything you know, paid off. Mm-hmm. I just think, um, yeah, I didn't like the Tendi story. I didn't like the 
black ops angle yeah and so i was kind of underwhelmed this is the least notes i've taken for any episode yeah that's weird i didn't really have a lot of notes either myself because uh, you know the 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 tendy story while i liked it it wasn't really anything that we hadn't seen before we've seen her do things like this before so it wasn't like like remember last season with tendy there was that episode where she went on the romulan away mission with the first officer because she just happened to be in the uh observation launch cleaning and they thought she was there to be uh going on the mission with them so i liked i liked that plot a lot because it was tendy out of her element even though this plot with Tendi was fun to watch, it didn't feel like it was anything new. Like, we've seen Tendi take on similar plots like this before. So it was hard to surprise me with with this one, as fun as it might have been. Right. I guess we got to see a little bit of how she's not assertive enough in her role, right. which I don't right. know that I knew that before. So I guess for character development, that's yeah. there. And yeah, it had a few funny little sight visual gags with right. the collecting of the scans. Mm-hmm. That was another one too, where sort of the reality of it just didn't make sense. Yeah, like I thought what she had to do. Picard, can you imagine like on Picard, like someone on Picard's crew refusing to get their scan that takes two seconds? Picard well, would shoot him out the airlock. That's well, and that's what you can, do that. what I thought they meant was that no, I need you to actually bring them into sick bay. To have a no, yeah. she just has to walk up and scan them. Yeah. So, so if that's, that's the case, why are you even talking to them in the first place? Yeah. So that was just breaking. Plus, I would imagine if you the ship could do it. Yeah, you have to assume at that point. Yeah. Just tell the ship, like, yeah, just scan them wherever they are. But yeah. maybe they have to bring the tricorder over the medical tricorder, whatever. But yeah, again, that one just felt like a little bit um, not. It's funny to say not realistic in a silly animated show, but like I said, given how much the show has kept to, I felt what's realistic within the Star Trek universe. It, when it goes, when the logic doesn't add up, yeah, I'm just just noticing it a lot more. Do you? So this is episode four of a ten episode season. So we are roughly about a third of the way through the season right now, um, and we didn't plan to do this but do you feel like you are able to give a sort of like one third of a season review <laughs> review of how you we're, think the show's we're roughly a third but we're exactly 40 percent yeah so we're almost ha- so almost half so next week it'll be half so yeah but, so let's save it. um but i don't like it as much as the first season i at this I point like no and neither do i i don't feel like it's as strong as last season so and and I hate to say it, but I think it's because we I think mm, we need this show to do more yeah. than it than it maybe has set out to do. I think just given how dissatisfied we've been with some of the offerings. You know, and I hate to go back on I hate to go back to what they did with Boimler and then even Jax, but I I th- and I was thinking about this a little bit more. And I know you had said maybe I'm just thinking about it too soon too much but I think what that comes down to is I don't like it when and this doesn't just pertain to Trek if you're going to do something do it commit to it I don't like when they do something and then they just sort of roll it back yeah I was sort of hoping Boimler was going to die just because 
What yeah. a bold move that would be to actually mix up the cast. I, what I thought they were going to do is I thought Boimler was going to stay on the t- Titan pretty much all season. And we would sort of cut back and forth between them and the lower decks. And then maybe he and would come back. Like a joint mission at the end and then yeah. something happened. Like maybe at the end of the season he would have come to the conclusion or Riker like, you know what? I don't think I'm ready yet or something like that. Or I don't know. But I just – between that and bringing Shaxx back – and I know I said I don't want this to loom over the season. It just, it bugs me. I think it gives me slightly less faith in the show and that it's going to try to do something like bold and new. Right. I just feel like you need to, if they, if they had no intention of keeping Boimler on the Titan or keeping Shax dead, why did they do it? Because, okay, that's a good question. Because they could get some good jokes out of it. Mm. And that's the new acceptance that I'm coming to with the show. Right. That's the lengths they're willing to go. That's always going to be the answer. The lengths they're willing to go just to make you to make yeah, you laugh. Yeah, to get a few jokes in. Yep. Yeah. And as long as I know that that's the case, yeah. I'll go for the ride, I guess. Even then, though, like, slightly ironically, like, I don't feel like there was enough jokes made with Boimler being on the Titan. Like, I wanted to know. We were only getting glimpses of. But I thought what the glimpses were hilarious because it was were. always him in way over his head. But I wanted he to see. And any of the lingo. I thought it was, they were perfect jokes. I, I wanted to see more. Like, I wanted to. Because you know what it was? It's like. Take, like, a next gen episode. Take like a best of both worlds or yesterday's enterprise and stick Boimler in there somewhere. Like how does Boimler handle like a real kind of like mission that would, you would see on the next generation? How would he factor into that? And where can you peel back that onion and get some really good laughs out of that? Um, I'm yeah, just a little disappointed that they, we didn't see more of that. I mean, we got one, we got one, but I would have liked to, I think I had said early on, like, Give me like a day in the life of Boimler on the Titan. Give me a whole episode about what's going on over there. So yeah. I have a better sense of this. But I don't like it when shows do that. I don't like it when, or movies, I don't like it when they're willing to, when they're not willing to commit to an idea. They trick you into thinking they're going to do it, but then they just end up pulling it back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's kind of like a. That's a strike against the show in my book. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think... So I didn't mind Boimler coming back. I didn't even mind Shax coming back. But mm-hmm. now I think... It's funny. <laughs> I didn't mind that. What I minded was stabbing Rutherford through the hand more. But that yeah. has made in retrospect me not like the, those other moves either because now it all to me now I'm just realizing all of it is um much more for the joke and right. not as much for anything else and so it's just a little switch because right. we had had such high hopes for the show and we really felt like better characterization but it yeah. sort of seems like now that the characters are established it's just going to be a sitcom. Yeah, I think for me, 
you know, right now, I think this... I'm not changing my view in that it is the best and most enjoyable show of the new Trek shows. I just feel like it's tainted a little bit because they almost seem like... Yeah, they just they don't want to commit to doing those things. I think that... Because, again, you know, not... When they killed, killed in quotes, Shaq's off, we were a little surprised because I think that at that time, the conclusion you were drawing with the show, how the show is now, you might have thought that then, but like, oh, actually, no, it's not because they're actually killing somebody off. Oh, they're putting Boimler off the ship. Like, they're actually going to do some real stuff here. And they're bringing in a new security officer who's, you know, yeah, also going to be ripe for jokes and whatnot. And did you notice we didn't see him in all this episode, did we? We did. We saw a glimpse of him in the uh, fighting. So we saw him a bit last episode, but he yeah. didn't have a speaking line. And same with this episode. I guess. But and that's what I mean when I say like I want the show to carve out some lore here. Like I want it to. Like I I enjoyed Shaq's being there last season, but I wasn't like I wasn't longing for him. I wasn't mourning him gone. Because yeah, no, I, Shaq was not a. It wasn't like um, uh, yeah. Diane leaving Cheers, let's say. Yeah, like that's because when a character leaves a show, whether it's moving on to another phase of their life or just killing them off, when you bring somebody in to replace them, it sort of changes up the dynamic. And I thought that using the Darmok alien species yeah. was perfect for Lower Decks because it's right, it's just ripe for good some really good jokes maybe it would have a great parallel to um next generation by killing off the uh security officer yeah and then character perfect symmetry yeah and then you bring boimler back at least so quick so like again it just makes me it just makes me question why did you why did you bother going down those roads if you weren't going to fully commit to them so that's a that hurts the show's credibility a little bit for me. I hate to say, but see, I don't. Th- for me, I don't see this credibility. I just see it. Maybe as, I shouldn't say credibility, it's but no, it's letting us know what it is. Yes, yeah. a sitcom, and they're going to do crazy stuff. And they're going to make us laugh, but none of it matters that much. Which disappoints me because I. Yeah, that's what it is that we're feeling. Now I'll tell you this much, though. I hope we're wrong. I hope maybe later on the show changes our minds. But, and if, if not, if it just decides to keep going this way, it's not going, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to still enjoy it. I still will love it and still laugh at it, but it's just going to reinforce the idea to me that don't take this as seriously as you should, which is, these episodes might get shorter, our podcast episodes, but because we really, you and I had a few criticisms about the a few like two episodes last season, but you got to remember that when a show's in its first season, you're willing to give it some extra leeway to kind of find itself, and I think that that's what we were seeing. I think where we were criticizing the show, the show hadn't kind of found the correct mixture yet, and so by the time we got to like the fifth episode, we were like, or sixth episode, we we're like, okay, and then like from the sixth episode on. They were just firing on all cylinders. I mean, you and I had nothing but great things to say about that episode where they were making fun of the movies. 
Oh, it's great. Right. And, and um, I think, right. Uh, also, in thinking about that, that's sort of perfect because they were on the holodeck, so you yeah. can do the sitcom reality where nothing really matters. Right. So. Right. I, for me, it's just going to be a little mental shift that. Yeah. Let's just, let's see. Let's just see. Let's just see. Uh, but it'd be one thing if you did it once, but they did it twice. Two at one after one episode after the other. Right. And, and I, three, don't forget Rutherford's hand. But people on the Trek BBS have echoed similar feelings. But then you also have some people coming back saying it's just, you know, oh, it's just a cartoon, it's just a comedy, don't take it too, too seriously. Well, why should, why not though? Why should the, because it's animated, why shouldn't I take it so seriously? There's lots of anime. Right. I well, mean, I think, yeah. don't take it so seriously because you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, you can say that about uh, in, the, in fairness to us, yeah. Yeah, I think that it, we had, you know, we didn't base, we didn't, it's, not, it's not as if we went into this thinking like, all right, this is going to be a show, we're going to do a deep dive yeah. on all, it, the show won us over and we thought we expected more from it. And then now it's kind of letting us down on that respect. Not in the fact that it's a funny show set in the Trek world, but letting us down that it is important and matters, I think. Which, yeah. I think yeah, I mean, that. it's this is not like a case. This is not like a, a case of... <laughs> this is not a case of discovery, right? Um, it's just... You know, you can still... They're still going to tell stories that are going to be... They're going to be satisfying. There's going to be character development. But again, I, I just think that you need to commit to something. You need to commit fully to your ideas, guys. Like, I don't... I'm just... I'm really not a fan of the reset button. And when you do it, not once, but twice in a row, or as you say, three times, um, it's going to hurt me just a little bit. And it's going to... It is going to slightly affect how I view the show and you know when you say you're not meant to take the show so seriously but maybe i but but i want to take it seriously yeah i, I want to take they it don't seriously. Want you to. yeah so that's yeah so they i mean their show is yeah and we're disappointed in what they're deciding i think that's the best way to sum it up yeah yeah i um i mean i will admit that when we finished the season one finale and Boimler got assigned to the Titan. I remember thinking, "Oh, damn!" Like, I was I was surprised by it, as I'm sure like everybody else was. I just didn't think they would do it that quickly. But okay, let's yeah, see how they get of, out of this. Yeah, I think also that gave us this feeling at the end of the first season that it was a show that was could be taken seriously because, oh, they're, you know, we were so impressed with how they developed the characters. And now look, they're making a big yeah. character move. This character actually has an arc. They're moving. They're going somewhere. They have a yeah. trajectory. Yeah. And then to have that pulled out from under. That's, I believe, why we're feeling the disappointment. Right. Right. So, um, I, I look, you know, we'll wait and see. Let's just see what happens. I, I, I'm not going to, um, as I said, I'm not going to quote unquote write the show off in that respect right now. Let's just see how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, 
like I said, this could be something that is just in the rearview mirror at some point, and that's that. And maybe they will, you know, change that up. You know, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, benefit. I'm just, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because this show did win me over pretty quickly. Mm. And as we have said in watching the first episode of this season, we said that it's not about really what they're doing right now. It's more about like, we just like being back in this world with these characters. So I think the best thing we can hope for is that later in the season, they sort of treat the seasons as, you know, you have a bunch of sitcom episodes and then maybe you also have a couple, especially at the end that move something or do something more. Yes. Substantive. Which, that, that could be fine, too. Yeah, like, I want the... Like, if Boimler going to the Titan was too big, okay. But I want... I still want you to move the characters. I want you to advance the characters. I want to see the characters grow and evolve and... Stuff. I mean, but the problem is, like, you're, you're stuck with that whole, like, Star Trek conundrum where you have an ensign... And if they get promoted, they're not in that space anymore. They're somewhere else. So, you know, you want to keep them there, but you also have, but you also want to develop them as well. So, I mean, Harry Kim was an ensign through all of Voyager, as was Hoshi and Travis on Enterprise. And the reason why you never saw them promoted was because they wouldn't, if they get promoted, they wouldn't be in the spot in that place on the show anymore so you'd have to bring somebody in to replace them because they moved on to a different you know section of the ship or something like that so it's just yeah plus i may be mistaken but i think in most organizations i mean not everyone can get promoted right there's not the same amount of slots at every level true that's very true oh you know some, you know, military people probably remain infantry the whole time. It was just know, weird to me that, properly. especially on Enterprise, because if you remember in the finale, the final episode of Enterprise, they skip ahead a couple of years. And that the that the events of that episode are take place a decade after the first episode. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Hoshi and Travis have been ensigns for a decade? Like, they're not lieutenants by now? They're not lieutenants? Like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, but Hoshi has a... Oh, yeah, so you, yeah. you can still do the same job and have a higher rank, right? Because, like, Uhura did the same job, but she was a lieutenant. By the time, like, but the thing is, you never saw those the, those characters on the original series get promoted. So by the time you got to the films, they were all commanders. Um, but I don't think yeah. they really took all, they didn't really take any of that, like, seriously. Because, you again, it's like a conundrum, right? Like, in the real world, if you get promoted, you move on to a different position. But this right. is also television, so yeah, you need to keep the team together. Exactly. So, but then, like, if you're a translator, like Hoshi, yeah, you're a translator. That's your what you do. That doesn't exactly. mean you're going to be a captain. It's you're not, such a good translator. We're going to make you a captain. Well, it, it, they go into this right because they go into this a little bit because, like, the like doctors actually have Starfleet ranks. Um, they do an episode of Next Gen with Troy. We find out she's actually a lieutenant commander, I believe, but it's not a rank that she exercises because she's a counselor. But 
she has her rank in Starfleet of Lieutenant Commander, right? So I get it in that respect, but in Lower Decks, these literally are ensigns. These are officers. They're not doing anything. Like, Tendi's, Tendi would make sense because she's, a, she's, in, she's in medical, right? Um, Boimler, to me, is the one who's clearly trying to, you know, move up. Because he did, then he moved back down. But yeah, same you know, with Mariner. I mean, they both have kind of have nowhere to go but up. Right. Um, or Rutherford I mean, be a slacker. She was intentionally a slacker who you know doesn't want to live up to her potential. Rutherford is more on the engineering side. I mean, I don't know how the engineering rank system works there, but right. But you can be head of engineering. You could be chief engineer, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, so maybe like the ranking up there is a little bit slower. I don't know. But Do you um, think we're gonna see Jordy? By the way. I have no idea. I would expect to see Jordy. I don't think yeah. it would make sense not to see Jordy. Uh, that's my prediction. We're going to see Jordy at some point. I think we'll see, you know, everybody. Have, uh, wait, did, is Jordy showing up in Picard next season? Is that's that... what I've been he- I've been hearing rumors of that, but I don't know. Okay, because somebody's, know. man, after the, he yeah. getting screwed out of the Jeopardy job, man, somebody's going to do something good for that guy. So... So overall, uh, my final thoughts on the show, and again, too many continuity Easter eggs to mention. I think um, the biggest one I did mention, I did notice, not mention, the biggest one I noticed was we actually do see an animated series alien in the background. We see Xinti, who is a a kitty-like alien. We see them in the bar, which Uh I thought thought was cool. But um, I, I mentioned earlier my favorite quote was, of course I've heard of Quark. So... Um, what are your favorite quotes? Let's see. Oh, um, so Mariner at the end talking to the um, to the Ferengi saying, you know, you should just replicate stuff. You just replicate the stuff that you want all this gold press latinum for. Right. Just use the replicator. Right. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a pretty obvious thing. That- well, that, that again, like, calls into question, like, you know, what Lower Decks, one of the things that Lower Decks does best, like, they make you think about stuff like that. Like, yeah, couldn't you just replicate things like because like when people like yeah what are the limits of like replicating stuff because that can solve a lot of problems definitely um i really did like jack saying their their genitals are sensitive to phaser fire yes like whose genitals wouldn't be sensitive to phaser fire absolutely absolutely um and i think that might be it which is uh Oh, definitely. Them, um, so Boimler and Rutherford being referred to as the softest guys on the ship. Yep. <laughs> and I like that a lot. And them, yep. and them not, not even reacting. <laughs> and if they're so sure that they are the softest guys on the ship, it was not news to them. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was really great. But, yeah, final observations. I, I think for me so far, like, it's definitely the episode that I enjoyed most of this season. But, again, you know, I want the show to continue to get to get better. I, I think this, this felt akin to a first season episode, like maybe in the earlier part of the show. 
But I agree with you. Like, the show right now, I don't think it's as strong yet as last season. Still good, but I, I think it's, you know, if I was to give last season an A, I'd probably so far give this one, like, I don't know, maybe like a C plus, maybe B minus. I don't know. The season's not done yet, so I can't really, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I And I do predict that I will, na- this will now be, I keep using the term, but I think you know what I mean, just a sitcom to me now. Yeah. Where we can expect setting up a premise, having it play out with some wacky jokes. Yep. And then rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah, I can sort see of that. get what happened the week before. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, if that's what I expect now, and I'm okay with it. And if that ends up being the case, that's that's you know fine. It it would just again, it would be slightly disappointing just considering where the show went, the direction the show seemed to be going last season. So it would feel like a it would feel like a I feel like they'd be doing the show a bit of a disservice if that's what it ended up becoming Mm -hmm. so but yeah definitely my favorite of the season so far but I hope that it gets I hope it gets better I I just hope it gets better and I don't expect it so before we close I've got a little bit of Star Trek news so um, the, the first big one is Picard has wrapped production for the season. Hey. Yeah. So that means that it is the last of the live action shows to complete production. Right. Yep. And do you think that means it's the last of the live action shows that we will see? I I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I can't imagine they would... release the season with a shit ton of post-production work ahead of them. I don't know how far into post-production they are when they do finally release the season. Like when they release the first episode, I can't imagine the final episode is done. I'm sure they're still working on it, but doing some final things. But, um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do. I don't believe that Discovery is going to be the next one. Right. Well, I, I think we'll get some more that. clarification when a Star Trek day comes. Yeah. I Which would is when? Tuesday. Two days from now. Oh, Tuesday. Yep. yep. Tuesday so, night. Uh, I think yep. we should get some answers. Yeah, I think, I think we will. And then the next item, which also pertains to Picard, so it was also announced that... An actress has been cast. I don't have her name in front of me, but I do know she's been in Trek before. Is playing the Borg Queen. Which I thought was an interesting development. Yeah, I hope it's just a dream or a quick peek. I hope she doesn't factor into it at all. I think definitely what left a bad taste in my mouth was the the Voyager uh, finale. Yes. Well, the Borg Queen. And the Borg Queen, you know, I mean, it's obvious, It's always been that the Borg Queen didn't make any sense. What disappoints me about that 
what disappoints me is the choice. I mean, I wish that Alice Krieger from First Contact had been able to play the role. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if maybe she was offered it and she said no, wasn't available. Like, I don't know about that. But she portrayed the character in First Contact, again in the Voyager finale. Another actress has played her on Voyager named Susanna Thompson two times before that. Mm-hmm. But I would have hoped that Alice Krieger would have done it, but I'm not going to consider that to be a criticism because I don't, I mean, for all I know, she was asked and she said no. Right. So. For all we know, it could also be a, you know, a glimpse in a dream that she said, yeah. I don't want to waste my time. It's not substantive enough for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's difficult for me. There's so much, again, there's so much going on with the show that I just can't fully yeah. understand, even begin to, it just seems like such a, we've seen so many different things. I can't even begin to imagine what it is. I mean, it seems, again, to me, like there's some kind of alternate reality at play here. It's a matter of Q, as he said, right? Isn't there something where he says something about taking him like, through moments of his life? Maybe it's just going back to he said the time is first broken. contact. Time maybe is broken. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, maybe they're going to jump into first contact again or something. Yeah, like, I'm, I, when I read that, I'm, I'm hoping that it's not. I don't want her to be the villain of the season. I want it to be kind of like, I'm, I'm hoping it's kind of what you're suggesting, right? Like, is she... Quantum leap through Picard's life. Is, it, is this in some kind of a flashback? Is this in some kind of a dream sequence? Because going off of what the Borg were last season, um, you know, they were that cube anyway was inert. We don't really know the status of the Borg themselves. So, you know what I what I find so funny about this too? Naturally, the Trek fans are like, oh my god, the Borg is so overdone. I'm so sick of this villain. And we were like, we haven't seen the Borg Queen in 20 years. Yeah, like, and... Voyager finale was the last time we saw her. We have no idea what the scope of this is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, granted, if if she plays a major role, then yeah, I think that's not a great way to go either. But, you know, like anything, as I always say, you could write anything well. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea, but I do not have enough information to even form any sort of hypothesis on, all, on any of this. So, yeah, perhaps uh, Tuesday will clarify some things. But, yeah, I mean, today, as we record this, today is Sunday, where this is the Sunday after the last episode, and so Star Trek Day, the next time you will hear us, is after we have seen Star Trek Day, really. So um, we will definitely have more thoughts probably, I don't know, come Wednesday. Totally. I'm excited to have specifics yeah so i suspect we'll release another episode dedicated to trek day before the next episode of lower decks next thursday so um unless we roll it into one episode but that could be that could get to be pretty long so we'll have to see yeah likely separate yeah we'll have to gotta play it by ear indeed yeah but yep fingers crossed on lower decks just hoping that uh you know it gets better so but on that note, I think it's time we call it. So, 
I would say reach out to us at InStarTrekWeTrust at gmail.com and you can tweet us at StarTrekWeTrust on Twitter and you can follow us on Instagram at InStarTrekWeTrustPodcast. But other than that, see everybody in a couple of days. Peace out. Yeah.